Hello and welcome to the Everyday MTB Hot Laps Podcast, and I'm your host, Matt Stenson. Uh, this podcast will be looking at the latest in mountain biking news and giving you just a quick snippet and a quick way to just find out the latest happenings in the mountain biking world. So without any further ado, let's dive into the stories. Alright, so first up, Specialized has some new 2FO flat pedal and clip shoes. Uh, I have had experience with, I believe, the first version of these 2FO shoes. And uh, to be quite honest, they left quite a bit to be desired. The rubber was not up to something like a 510 shoe. And um, what Specialized is saying they have focused on this time is actually that rubber compound. So they have a new rubber compound that is supposed to be uh, less, uh, have less rebound and should hold on to the pins on your flat pedals uh, much better. The uh, clip versions obviously have a cutout for your uh, cleat to go in, and so uh, there, there's that. Uh, they they look really nice. Um, they're a very uh, understated shoe. They look uh, kind of just like a regular skate shoe or tennis shoe. Um, so it'll be interesting to perhaps try some of these out and see if they have finally cracked the code on the rubber. Um, I know on the tire side, they have been making, uh, definite advances in their rubber technology over there. So hopefully they have cracked the code on this side too, and provide another option for all of us flat pedal riders out there. Um, but we will have to see as reviews come in what these, uh, what these shoes look like. You know, and that brings up something that uh, I think is probably not talked about enough. I think we talk a lot about pedals. Uh, in fact, we have a new pedal review up on the uh, Pedaling Innovations Catalyst Evo pedals. Um, but I think we sometimes focus too much on flat pedals when really the shoe, I think, in a lot of cases for flat pedal riding makes more difference than the pedal you are on. You know, I can ride super confidently in a good 510 shoe with a $20, you know, cheapo pedal that just has metal pins and a and a polycarbonate um frame to it. But uh you, you know, you switch that that scenario around, you get $200 pedals, but then try to ride them in a $20 tennis shoe and you're you're in a world of hurt right away. Um so I think that's just something to for everyone to keep in mind is that you're your shoes, I think, in most cases, are giving you a lot more bang for your buck than your pedals even are. So if you're going to you know, be choosing in your budget where you're going to spend your money, definitely spend your money on your shoes. Get some good 510s, maybe these new uh, 2FOs from Specialized, and then save your money on your pedals if, if you're going to choose to save somewhere. All right, next up, we have a couple of new dropper post offerings out there. First, Fox has revamped their transfer line, um, and they now have uh, drop ranges ranging from 100 millimeters all the way up to 200 millimeters, so quite a range uh, there. In addition, the insertion uh, for the Fox transfer is now shorter. They say they've reduced it you know, based on size between 30 and 50 millimeters, so you should be able to get more post into your bike uh, for a given size, 
which is uh, is pretty cool. Uh, now, the Fox Transfer overall is known as a really reliable um, dropper post. That does come at a bit of a price. You know, they start at uh, two ninety nine for kind of their base option, and then it goes up to three forty nine for their Kashima coat, and uh, that's without a without a lever. Um, so. Uh, it's a relatively pricey option, but if you're looking for a reliable post, and especially if you are on either the very short or very long end of the uh, travel range needs, uh, the Fox Transfer may now be an option for you. Now, working on the lower end of the price scale, uh, PNW Components has a new loam dropper. And it is available from 125 millimeters all the way up to 200 millimeters. And they have packed a lot of really cool features into this uh, dropper post that runs $200. So first of all, the uh, for any size that you buy of the uh, PNW post, it can be adjusted by 30 millimeters. And it's actually a toolless adjustment. So you don't have to like swap out anything. Uh, you basically unscrew the collar and then there is a little uh, little guide that you that you switch around inside the post, and then just screw that collar back down at the base of the post, and you have adjusted the travel, which is pretty cool. Um, in addition, they are using a pressurized air cartridge um, for doing the uh, the lifting of the dropper, and so that means that under the seat mount. Um, you can pressurize the the post uh, and adjust the rate at which the post comes up. Now, this is uh, similar to a lot of other designs that are out there. The one thing that I'll comment on with the pressure adjustment is that it is directly under where your seat mounts. And so um, if you're going to go adjust that, it does mean that you need to remove your seat, which is a little bit annoying. Um, Specialized actually had a great design on this on some of their early droppers that were using an air air pressurized cartridge system in that the um, the filler uh, cap was positioned such that you didn't need to remove your seat in order to uh, to fill things up. So that was really handy just to be aware that, you know, if you're going to be adjusting that, hopefully you don't have to adjust it very often, um, you have to remove your seat to get that done. They also have kind of just a little cool thing uh, in that the uh, the collar uh, on the base of the post uh, you can get with customized colors. So you can actually get that collar to match the little bit of rubber on the uh, the loam uh, dropper uh, actuator. And uh, if you're using PNW grips, uh, which actually I've been using PNW grips and I've really liked them. Um, you can have all those colors match up. So if you're just kind of looking for having some style, that's that's pretty cool too. It uh, PNW, you know, they make a very affordable post. Um, we actually tested at EverydayMTB.com one of their even cheaper dropper posts. If you want to check out that review, uh, just head over there and uh, just search for PNW, and it'll pop right up there for you. And they back all their dropper posts with a three-year warranty. Um, they have great instructions. They sell service kits. Uh, so it seems like this should be probably a really good option for someone looking for a budget post with a lot of customizability options. All right, next up, staying in the uh, saddle seat area, Physique has a new uh, tool carrier that integrates with their um, Physique alpaca saddles. 
And so if you're running one of those seats, they make a tool carrier now that allows you to carry a mini multi-tool and two CO2 cartridges right underneath the saddle, and it won't interfere with dropper post function. So it looks like a pretty slick design. The, uh, the tool slides in kind of in the middle, and then there's two slots on either side for those CO2 cartridges. And the, uh, the multi-tool that is included uh, doubles as a inflator head for the CO2 cartridges. So if you're looking to go kind of minimalist on your tool side and don't want to thread your fork or, or something similar to that, or you're using that area for other storage, this looks like it could be kind of a cool option for doing very minimalist tool and CO2 storage right under your saddle. Now, of course, it does require um, you know, buying one of their saddles uh, if you don't already have one of these particular saddles. So there will be some, some kind of a limited application because it needs uh, that physique saddle in order to run this. It runs 40 bucks, you get the tool with it, so it seems like a relatively reasonable uh, addition. All right, next up we have actually a new product that we have in for review here, and it's from a uh, an outdoors company that is doing their first ever bike-oriented pack. Uh, the company is UST, and we have their Swerve Hip Pack in uh, for review. And this is a uh, interesting pack in that it has kind of four different modes that you can uh, carry. So there, uh, the first mode is. Um, it has kind of three different modules to it. it, is just as a regular hip pack with those three different modules attached. You can also detach the center largest module and uh, just have the two smaller side modules if you're looking to go a little lightweight, more lightweight. And then you can also actually uh, detach the two side modules and just have the larger central module as well. And then finally, the kind of the most interesting thing is it can also convert to a bike packing handlebar bag as well. So we'll be testing that out here. Uh, check out the site for that review dropping here in, um, in a little while after we're able to ride with it for a while. But it looks like an interesting product. Uh, we'll have a link out to it if you are interested in checking it out. The one thing that I am a little bit uh, disappointed in it is I always like hip packs that have a water carry area. This one does not. So if you are going to be relying on your hip pack for carrying your hydration, uh, this might not be the hip pack for you, but it does offer some unique versatility for more bike packing, carrying tools, snacks, um, camping equipment, those kinds of uh, uses. I guess this is the episode for accessories for sure because we have also a new uh, multi-tool from Wolf Tooth Components that are probably better known for their uh, chain rings is probably what most people know them for. But they have made a really beautifully machined uh, multi-tool. And kind of their unique feature is that it includes a chain breaker, uh, or sorry, not chain breaker, but... Uh, a quick link tool pliers in it. So the uh, the pliers are the main component of the tool and they allow you to open and close uh, the quick links on your chains. In addition, it also has a bunch of other wrenches and screwdrivers and hex and torques and all those kinds of things that you would expect. Um, interestingly, it is actually missing um, you know, the chain breaker tool, which I consider kind of to be a necessary tool in a multi-tool of any, you know, size and consequence as, um, 
you know, a, a quick link in a chain breakage scenario isn't going to be enough in most cases. You also need to actually um, break the chain usually as well, shorten it up, and then uh, make the repair because you usually have, you know, a bent pin or, or something like that. So um, it seems like it's a little bit disappointing in that you wouldn't be able to do a full chain repair with this uh, with this tool. But if you're interested in it, go out to uh, wolftooth.com. I'm sorry, wolftoothcomponents.com and check it out. It is rather pricey at $70. So I think there's probably better options out there. I can, you know, release or or add back in a quick link either just by pedaling hard with the with the brake on or by you know to release it you can use the uh the shoestring trick uh and and release it that way or you know even in a pinch just ignore the quick link and use the breaker tool to uh to push a pin back in that type of thing um so i don't know um not totally psyched on it it is a beautiful tool though uh so if you already carry a chain breaker elsewhere it might be something you want to check out all right, so moving from beautifully machined tools over to electronics, Wahoo has announced their new Element Watch. And so this is the first uh, watch offering from Wahoo. They have made uh, trainers, of course, and then uh, Watu head units uh, for quite a while here now. And overall, they have been well-received. And so this is their first uh, foray into the smartwatch-type market. Um, it's going to retail for $379. It looks really nice. It looks pretty close to a regular watch. It's going to be a GPS watch, of course, so it'll track your rides, do all those kinds of things. From what I can see, though, it doesn't include um, things like uh, built-in navigation on the watch itself, which some of the higher-end Garmin watches can do that type of thing. Uh, it is a full-color display. So that is nice, uh, but it looks like from their marketing, they are gearing this towards uh, triathletes um, as as a primary thing, as a multi-sport GPS type watch. Um, so we'll see. It might not be the best watch uh, when you have some other really strong offerings from Garmin and other players uh, for a mountain biking specific watch. All right, so that wraps up this hot lap for the Everyday MTB Hot Laps podcast. We have a few new uh, articles out on the everydaymtb.com website, so be sure to check out our review of the Pedaling Innovations Catalyst uh, Evo pedals, and we also have a roundup of what we found as far as the best 2021 full suspension trail bikes under two grand. Those are hard to come by at this point as bike prices are rising um, we've seen a number of bikes that are very popular in the past, such as the uh, Stump Jumper, Trek Fuel. Those are slipping above $2,000 now. So we went out, did some research, and found some trail bikes that still um, fall under $2,000 for you. So uh, check that out if you are in the market for a bike in that price range. As always, we appreciate any reviews or um, likes, um, that kind of thing, on different podcasting platforms. That helps spread the word about the podcast. Tell a friend about it if you uh, so desire, and have a great rest of your week. 